Spring is in full swing and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33 beach thanks to the boardwalk plaza for being the bridge podcast network sponsor some of my favorite conversations have happened over the rims of mugs i'm denise harper co-host of the morning show with bill and denise and program director for the bridge there's something special about sitting across the table from a friend whether we've known them forever or for just a minute with a good cup of coffee and an open heart And hopefully, today's conversation will inspire and encourage you. It is such an honor and a delight to have uh, a dear friend and colleague on with me today. Sandy Brown, welcome to Over the Rims of Mugs podcast. Denise, thank you. It's good to be with you always. I have known you. I was thinking back to when we met. I think it was early 90s. Uh, I started in radio in 1991 and shortly thereafter went to Gospel Music Week and went to a couple of other programming things. And it didn't take me long to figure out that it was really in the early 90s. It was still really a man's world in radio. (laughs) So uh, meeting you and maybe just a couple of other women in radio, well, we just had to kind of stick together. (laughs) Things have changed a lot over the years. I'm happy to say that there are a lot more women working in radio, and it's such a delight to to uh, have known you all these years and to see what God has done in your life. It's just a beautiful thing. Well, Denise, we don't get to see each other often enough, at least in my book, but um, every time it's just a delight to catch up with you, hear how God's working in your life and in and, and radio and, and all of it. So I treasure any time we get to spend together, including today. Well, we, I want to jump right in, but I also want to give a little background. You're working in St. Louis. Tell us about your stations there in St. Louis. We run two radio stations. One is Joy FM, and then the other is Boost Radio, which plays pop, hip-hop, and hope. So two different styles of music, but the same message. We want to reach all of this city for Christ. And um, we've been on the air with Joy FM for 21 years, and Boost just turned eight a couple of weeks ago. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. So you host the morning show. We have that in common. Yeah, our alarms go off way too early. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's very unnatural, although it's very natural for us these days. <laughs> yeah, you get used to it, and it's good. So something happened to you a while back, and uh, it kind of put you on a journey, set you on a journey of uh, mental health healing and awareness. And it that's a topic that the Lord has really been pressing on my heart to spend some time um, digging in a little deeper about. And so I wondered if you would share a part of your journey. We want to uh, tell about a book that you have written uh, that is called Healing Out Loud. We're going to talk about that coming up. But what really uh, started you on this part of your journey? Well, I think getting honest with myself, for years I had recognized a disconnect between what I knew about God, that He loved me, 
and what I felt to be true, which was no one really loved me and I didn't like myself. So I, I knew spiritually I was saved. I knew who God was. I had a relationship with him. I could see evidence of him working in my life and was so frustrated that I felt like there was this sense of freedom from the negative turmoil inside of me that I didn't know how to, how to get to. And so I finally, at age 52, called a counselor, a Christian counselor that I didn't know, but that was highly recommended to me and said, something's not right. And I don't know why, and I don't know what to do about it. How can I, on one hand, have full confidence that, that I know God and I know his love for me. And yet at the other side, really not like myself and struggle to think that no one likes me and I'm not good at, uh, at anything or even at just being a good Christian or anything. Just the inner turmoil was very real. So I reached out and that year of counseling completely changed the trajectory of how I think and the fullness of God's love that I'm able to to not only understand intellectually, but fully embrace emotionally as well. Mm. You tell the story of before you made the call the very first day, remembering back when you were a kid standing on the uh, diving board, the high dive, and uh, staring down into the pool. Now everyone's staring up at you and you are terrified to jump. And it felt a lot like that, making that first call. Well, because it was both scary and I had evidence that other people found it to be a good thing, right? And that's what the high dive was for me. I was looking around at people who were in the water going, come on, it's great. Like, you're going to love this. And then it was very scary. I had not ever done it before. And it seemed like a huge leap mm. of faith into the unknown. And that's exactly the similarity was just stark yeah. in my mind. And as one now who has gone through counseling, I still understand how scary, you know, it, it feels like a really, almost like you're waving a right flag, white flag of defeat to go, man, I, I'm a believer. Why do I still need help? Why, why isn't my relationship with Jesus, um, I don't want to say enough, but why is there still this sense of lack of contentment and why is there something off or wrong? And it felt like defeat to go into counselor and go, hey, I need some help. But really, what I discovered was it is a courageous thing, just like jumping off the high dive. And it's a good thing. It, it leads to a really good place, including in your relationship with God. Yeah, I think for so long, we haven't wanted to talk about uh, mental health or having a therapist, a counselor. And, I, and maybe that's part of why uh, so many of us are really hesitant to jump in because uh, it, it almost feels like there's a stigma attached to it. Yeah. Yeah. I equated uh, very um, inaccurately, by the way, but I think in my mind, I equated that I had to choose between God's healing and seeing a Christian therapist. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is that it was a tool that God could use to help me heal from some past hurts, to help me process and understand some of the reasons why I was struggling the way that I was, and then invite him uh, into the healing process. So it wasn't an either or, and I, I'm really I'm saddened by people who, who see it that way. I think it may just be a lack of understanding that it, it really is a tool that God can use. He was, there's only one healer, right? He's, he's the comforter, he's the healer. Yes. But if we have barriers in our lives that come from past shame or past hurts, then really counseling for me was just removing some of the barriers so that God's um, love and healing and comfort could really come into the wounded places that I had just tried to hide for so long. So yes, I hope that stigma goes away because yeah. I have found it to be a real an invitation into, um, into what God wanted to do in my life. I heard a pastor recently share that, you know, if we have broken a bone and 
after the cast comes off, uh, we are sent to physical therapy. We don't think a thing about going to a physical therapist to help us to learn to use that, work it better, you know, uh, maybe have exercises for it. Uh, and and the, the therapy part of it is kind of the same, honestly, uh, with mental health. Would you agree? Totally, because you're still dealing with wounds. They are just emotional wounds instead of physical wounds, but they are nonetheless very real. And that was a learning process for me too. There is no shame in acknowledging that you've been wounded. In fact, it was a key point in counseling when I felt very broken. I had shared for the first time with anybody, including my husband. I, I, no one knew some of my past hurts. And when I put it out there, I told my counselor, uh, Michelle, Dr. Michelle Koch, who, who co-wrote the book with me, I feel broken. I mean, I've just shared all of these evidences of brokenness in my life. And, and there's, I feel like there's nowhere to go from here because broken is broken, right? You can't mm -hmm. take a twig and put it back together. Yeah. And she asked a pivotal question. She said, Sandy, what if you're not broken? What if you're wounded? And I would say that to anybody, believer in, believers included, what if you're wounded? And if you are, and it might be from a loss in your life, grief, a broken relationship, um, abuse or trauma or abandonment, whatever that might look like, what if there have been some wounds that you may not even have recognized before that someone could tend to and then the Holy Spirit could come in and tend to? Mm -hmm. um, that's just a very kind thing to do. We would suggest anybody who's hurting and wounded to get help, and that is what Christian counseling was for me. Yeah. What was the hardest part, you think, for you? Well, there were so many layers. I, I felt like one of the hard parts was calling out for the first time, saying and acknowledging I needed help. I think acknowledging past hurts that I thought I had moved past. You know, I, I thought it was only a weak person who still struggles with things that happened in their past 40 years ago. Like, come on, get over it, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was hard acknowledging that I was still tethered emotionally to some past hurts. It was hard to acknowledge that there was anger in my life over that, that I, I mean, who wants to admit that? It was hard to see all the, the ways in which every relationship in my life today was impacted by things that happened when I was young and had no idea the dots were connected. Um, yeah, th those, were some of the, those were some of the hard things. Yeah. What kept you going in this process, Sandy? the hope of better <laughs> and that I felt like every day there was some understanding, right? I think if I had gone and heard, yeah, we're not sure why you're feeling the way you're feeling and we're not sure there's anything to do about it, there would have not been much reason to come back. Yeah. But there was such understanding of, oh, you are not alone in wrestling with these things. We, we believe there's a path to better and there's, we're going to start here and there's actually even a healing map that we went through and it's in the book. So here's where we're starting and here are some of the stops along the way. So I was like, okay, so I'm not just digging up things from the past. I'm not just sad for sad sake. This is all part of the journey that takes me somewhere that is better and that represents healing. And so I was, I was curious and I was committed, just like jumping off the deep end that I was going to go all the way down, touch bottom, and come up for air and, and keep going until healing was, was available, and it was. Yeah. Oh, that's a good analogy. Sometimes having to come up for air and then going back down again to dig uh -huh. a little deeper and yep. to, to uncover. I, I thought it was fascinating to see that your therapist, your counselor, actually co-wrote the book with you and it was like you were both on this journey together. 
that's one of the things that makes the book so unique. Well, well, one, we after we finished counseling and that relationship ended, uh, we formed a friendship and then started wondering if what it would look like for us to share some of this healing journey, not for the sake of just telling a story, but as you said, have the person in real time who's journeying through struggle, have the counselor in real time there sharing the why and unpacking so that literally the reader hopefully feels like it's their own journey and that you are you are walking through the healing map on your own. That was very important. Neither of us were really interested in writing a book that was about me or her, but we wanted it to, to tell enough of the vulnerability of the story and what happened, but that it really be about you and that you have the benefit of a friend who's struggling with you and the benefit of a counselor who can navigate with you. Um, that's the point of the book. And thanks for pointing it out that uh, it, it is pretty unique. Yes. I was curious, did you journal your journey along the way as you were going through counseling? I did, never with the thought that it would turn into a book, but more just it was part of some homework assignments that my counselor gave me. Hey, think and process this and write down what the Lord brings to mind and scriptures that he points you to. And so I did that. And that was, interestingly enough, the way that every chapter in the book starts is a journal entry, a very real journal entry. Mm -hmm. And again, I hope that it brings to the reader a sense of this was real time. This was in the moment how I felt. We didn't sugarcoat anything, especially in the hard parts of the book, because healing is a journey and some of it is painful and sad and there is grief and anger and things. So we just wanted it to be a real honest reflection. I know early on when we started to write it, I tried to sugarcoat it and the editor would say, but is that how you felt in the moment? And I'm like, no, in the moment it felt like this. And she's like, well, then that's where your reader's going to be. So let's, let's keep this true to the timeline and true to the journey. Mm, that's so powerful. So one of the things that I saw your uh, counselor, now friend, wrote in uh, just in chapter one, she said, time does not heal all wounds. And that just really struck me because I think we've all grown up hearing, well, time heals all wounds. And uh, to read that in print and think about that, that I think we have a tendency to think if we will just wait long enough and keep yeah. doing the things that we know to do, that eventually we'll just get over this. Yeah, we want it to be true, right? Yeah. We want time to heal. We want enough distractions to cover it up. We want enough going to church or being faithful in our relationship like to God. We, we want all of that to heal. And sometimes God says, well, those aren't bad things like that. That's all part of our relationship. But so is comforting and tending to the wounded places. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. Time doesn't heal all wounds, but sometimes God does heal and it takes time. Mm -hmm. And I think about what he did in creation. Why didn't he snap his fingers and on day one, everything be created? I don't know. But I do know that he took some time. He took time with the resurrection. He took time with people in the desert. Like he uses time. <clears throat> so I don't want to say time itself is the answer, but I also want you to understand that it may take a little longer than you would like. And here's the thing about when he was in creation and every day he was working intentionally and then pausing intentionally. At the end of every day, he said, this is good. And so you can be a, and you can be on the journey because let's be honest, complete healing happens when we're with him face to face. 
But healing can begin and start and continue now. And on day two or year two or whatever, yeah. I believe God says, yeah, I, you're, this is good. This is good. So healing, healing sometimes does take time. And that's okay. Because even in our completeness, God can be working, healing, and saying it's good. Mm. What are some good tools that you have found that have helped you along in this journey? Some of it is knowing the difference between shame and the truth. Shame is that voice that tells us you're never good enough. No one likes you. You're stupid. That was so bad. You can't come back from that. Um, now, conviction says you know, you've done something wrong and there's healing and there's grace and there's forgiveness. Shame is that cond- condemning, you know, all mm-hmm you know, sucking out the life of you voice. And so for me, a lot of it was understanding what's, what were some shameful messages that had attached to my heart from some past hurts and to understand the difference between pain and shame and truth. And so when I start to get triggered or when I start to really get harder down on myself in a condemning way, not in a convicting way where I want to run to the Father and, and receive forgiveness, but in a con- condemning way, I need to say, Sandy, is this the voice of the Father or is this the voice of the Father of lies? Mm-hmm. And test it through Scripture. And so understanding the difference between truth and shame is a big one. Mm-hmm. I think recognizing what's a trigger and, okay, or recognizing myself, Sandy, um, you, you need a moment. Take a breath. Take a pause and say, just as Jesus kind of drew, would draw away by himself at times, I, I need to do that as well. So I, I learned a lot about myself. I learned that there are safe people in my life that I was fearful to have really vulnerable conversations with, not because they were unsafe, but because I didn't know that I could be completely honest with people. So those are a few of the things that I've learned. And, and I've learned that when you're honest with someone who loves you, they give you a gift of acceptance back that is so good for the soul. So there really is a payoff in being honest with trusted people. I love that. Just to clarify uh, the, the power of having a Christian counselor over just picking uh, a therapist in the phone book or on, on, in the white pages online, yeah. um, the, the power of being able to connect what God says about our healing. Uh, there's, there's just nothing like it. Would you agree? I, I would agree. And I, I would say, again, because he is our healer and he is our comforter, I wanted um, the one who was going to journey with me uh, through healing to be also a truth speaker and a truth teller. And I'm sure that there are capable counselors who may understand nuances of grief or loss or trauma or whatever. But part of my healing was Michelle always pointing me back to my father, pointing me back to um, scripture. And that was where, again, I I knew scripture before, but in the light of um, healing and wounds being addressed and barriers in my heart coming down and seeing God as trustworthy, I mean, his word came alive to me. And I I know that I would not be where I am today if it were not for him being the one who was who was really healing me on the journey and on the path. So I agree. I would suggest that anybody who is struggling in some way, especially if you're a believer, don't believe the lie that um, you can't struggle as a Christian. I, I think I believe I know we do, so we might as well be honest about it yeah, yeah. and seek help from from people who also understand the struggle and who also know. 
um, our Savior. There was something that Michelle wrote really touched my heart about what we can do for each other, too, as friends, that we have kind of a sisterhood as Christian friends to one another. She, she wrote, I offer to carry some of your hope for you until you can pick it up again. That's what good counselors, friends sitting around the table, sisters who listen all inherently do carry hope when it seems hopeless. And I thought, what a beautiful thing that God calls us to do as women for each other when we can connect with girlfriends and um, carry the hope for someone, for a sister who is struggling. We can't carry it all, but we can walk alongside. Yeah, it was a powerful moment when, uh, that was early, early on in our sessions when she was detecting some hopelessness in me, like, am I ever going to get, is there a, am I ever going to get better? Is there a pathway here? And um, she said, you know, do, do you believe that there's better? And I said, I, I don't know. And she said, do you have hope that there's better? And I said, I honestly don't know. Mm. And she said, then let me carry hope for you. And that's, as you said, that's what friends do. And I look, I'm not the one to come and say, hey, everybody needs to go see a Christian counselor. That, that's, that's for you and, and God to dis- discern and decide. But what I do believe with 100% conviction is that everybody needs to be honest with somebody. The truth sets you free. And so, and, and I, I can almost hear you going, well, I'm honest with God. Of course we are. But again, we need sometimes someone with flesh to be, so that the truth comes back to us in a way that we can understand as well. And so I will say that if there is something going on in your past or your present, something you're wrestling with, and you have not shared it with somebody, I'll go out on a limb and I'll just say, God wants you to share that with somebody. Because if it's, you're, you're, you're all by yourself with it right now, the enemy's using it to keep a hold on you. Freedom often comes, I believe, God would say, share that with somebody. Start with your spouse. Start with a trusted friend if you don't feel like a Christian counselor is in the mix for you. And then maybe it is or maybe it isn't. But again, man, the power, the enemy has us right where he wants us when we are silent about our struggles. God can use anything we put on the table when it's honesty. The truth is key to freedom. And is that where the title of your book came from, Healing Out Loud? <laughs> it's exactly where it came from. Because here, isn't it ironic, Denise, that I had talked for a living, stood behind a microphone for decades, and there were things that I was afraid to say out loud. Mm. But once I did, that's where the healing came. And the invitation in the title of the book is, Healing Comes When We're Willing to Put Some Things Out Loud. Just trust that the fear is, I'm going to say this, and my world's going to fall apart, right? No one's going to understand. They're going to judge me. God's not going to love, love me. Look, he knows anyway, right? So when we can be bold enough to say the truth out loud, whatever that truth is, healing happens. It's the first step to healing. How has your life changed since you've walked through this part of your journey? Um, well, I often say, I get asked that question. I'm like, you need to ask my husband. You need to ask my coworkers because... When my coworkers, who many of them didn't even know I was in counseling, began to say things like, Sandy, you just seem a little more lighthearted. Mm. Or when my husband would say, Sandy, you've always been one who was eager to give love, but I just see an openness now to receive love. 
Um, those are some descriptors. I would say for me on the inside, it just feels like I'm not carrying this really heavy load anymore. Mm-hmm. I have shared it. I have shared the um, everything that I felt like I was wrestling with, and now I don't have to carry it anymore. It's been processed through, so I feel like my life is lighter. There's more space for joy. I'm more emotionally present. And the richness of my relationship with God is not just intellectually understanding his love for me, but realizing how deep it goes and that he's always been there with me and for me and um, that I'm treasured um, in his book. So, yeah, I could go on for days about how much it's better. It was a place, honestly, Denise, that I never knew was possible. And that's why I'm so eager to say, man, take a step jump off the diving board and and be willing say god i'll go as deep as you want me to go because i'm going to trust that you're going to take me to a place that i can't even imagine now his promise to make all things new mm-hmm. really does shine through in that mm. exactly even if we don't even know what that new looks like or feels like he is faithful he he promises to make us a new creation and that's an inside work and it's a good work that is so good we hope you're enjoying this episode of Over the Rims of Mugs, made possible by Iconic Sparkle. Get fun and fashionable accessories such as necklaces, earrings, and bracelets that can go with any outfit for any occasion for just $5. Owner Mandy Heinch desires to change the world through her accessories and what it allows her to offer. Fashion accessory advice, boosting confidence, and training those who want to start their own business. Learn more at IconicSparkle.com or on their app. Sandy, thank you so much. Anything that we didn't cover that we really should before we go? I don't think so. I I love having these conversations. And I always just want to say, if you're listening and you can relate to any degree of the, I don't think I like myself. And I know it's not God's plan for my life, but I don't know what to do about it. If you can relate with the struggle of feeling like a failure, of feeling like God has something and you're just on the outside looking in, I would just say share that with somebody. Be honest. Maybe read the book. Maybe talk with a a friend. And trust that God is is using that as an invitation to what he may have for you, something really new and good in your life. Mm -hmm. So good. Healing Out Loud is the name of the book, How to Embrace God's Love When You Don't Like Yourself by Sandy Brown. I wondered, Sandy, if you could just share one or two things about this video series that you did with some of our favorite contemporary Christian music artists and their journeys as well. Yeah, we challenged them as we were challenging ourselves to heal out loud. And so we went to Toby Mack and Zach Williams for King and Country, Natalie Grant, and and many, many others, and asked them to be really honest, not the not the typical radio interview conversation, but to share what divorce looks like in their life, to share what anxiety feels like in their life, to share what thoughts of hopelessness and grief look like in their life. And they did. And these videos are, are on YouTube now. You can find them. Um, I think you can find them if you search under Healing Out Loud, but also 99.1 Joy FM. And they have just circulated literally around the globe, viewed over a million times. Wow. Because how often do we see people just really sharing from the heart about their brokenness and also about healing? So it fits into 
the title of the book and really the journey that our staff has been on here, and I hope that all of us individually can go on, which is I'm just going to be really honest about what I struggle with, and I'm going to be really honest about healing. And Denise, the best part is I think it's the best evangelism tool we have. I think the world understands their brokenness. There is a a hope crisis right now around the globe. And when we're honest about our hopelessness and then what changes that and where we find hope and we do it uh, leading with our vulnerability, I think it's the best way to reach people who don't yet know Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Denise. I appreciate you. Yep, Sandy Brown. And we're going to, in our show notes, uh, share links to those videos along with your book. And God bless you. Thank you so much for your time today. We were never meant to journey alone. Whether you're having a great day or a hard one, we need each other to celebrate and to stand in the gap. Sharing our stories helps remind us that we are not alone. And when we sit with women who sit at the feet of Jesus, the conversations are different. We walk away feeling inspired, not inferior, because we know this Christian walk is a race, but not a competition. I'm your host, Denise Harper, encouraging you to catch up with a friend or make a new one and enjoy some good conversation over the rims of mugs.